in a world where the people have no voice. Fake news runs wild. And social, social, social media dictates our lives. And we're here to keep it real at Media Lab. Just a group of students looking for the truth. Hashtag what story are you telling? Hashtag go tell it. NPR Media Lab. Welcome to New England Public Radio's Media Lab, the podcast series. And this is your first installment. I am your host and director of Media Lab, Carlos Rec McBride. This is where the work of young journalists invite you to experience a snapshot of their world. NEPR's Media Lab is a youth initiative that provides training for high school age students to learn all facets of audio journalism. Through the telling of their own stories, these young folks learn how to develop commentaries, feature pieces, record interviews, and edit sound. Most of these students come to Media Lab with very little experience and most of them have never been on a microphone, recorded, edited, or produced their own material. It's a platform that offers a safe space for young folks dealing with issues around public school education, high-stakes testing, mental health issues, gender issues, and so forth. Media Lab does not promise resolve, rather a way to equip young folks with the tools to convey to the rest of the world they exist as well as a form in which healing and self-love can manifest. This is where young folks make media, where news isn't confused or disregarded. There isn't anything fake about life and death and the up-close and personal negotiations that surround those struggles, where the beauty that emerges out of the ugliness of the disenfranchised far outweigh monetary worth. Most importantly, NEPR's Media Lab is about life work. Listen to these pieces, put aside your ego, open up your mind and your heart, and consider the work and the vulnerability it took for these young folks to come to terms with many of the things that they've been grappling with throughout their lives. Hey, what's up? This is Henry App. You're listening to New England Public Radio's Media Lab. This first piece is probably one of the most meaningful pieces to me because Taylor and I were always butting heads throughout the course of my teaching at the High School of Commerce, but she was one of the very few students who enjoyed reading outside of the material we had to read for class. Very outspoken, extremely smart, but she carried a lot of pain. I had the opportunity to sit with Taylor and talk about what led up to her involvement with Media Lab and to share a little bit about this piece that you will hear. Media Lab. We are chilling with none other than Taylor Ratcliffe, the first student to start with Media Lab and a student that I'm very partial to because of our relationship. This is a young lady that I was inspired by and did not want to include anyone into Media Lab until I spoke with her. What's going on, Taylor? Hey, what's going on? Bring the listeners back to the first day you got introduced to Media Lab. What was it like for you? I was pretty scared because I'm like, I don't even know what this is about. Like, all I know is I like to write, you know? That's me. When I walked in here, I'm like, all right, I think they just trying to 
get us into something a little small. But when I really realize the opportunities and the doors that it opened, I'm just like, yeah, that's me. That's lit. Because you share some personal stuff. Tell us about the piece that you did, the first piece, and what it was like to do that. The first piece I wrote was about how my dad died. Mm-hmm. I witnessed my dad die. He got killed by the cops late night, one night. So when I was writing the piece, I'm not even going to lie. Like There was days that I came in here, and I would just put my headphones in and just start writing, like just start typing. It was my emotions showing through my writing. It was a tough situation to write about. I wrote... And I was surprised how it really came out because at the end, I started trying to give up. Yo, this is bringing back way too many flashbacks. Other people around me would be like, yo, you good? You okay? I'm like, I'm good. I'm okay. It was tough. Especially in an environment that was new to you, to share such a deep story, I know that must have been a challenge. And we had some moments that were pretty challenging as well. Mm. You know, and so I'll share a little bit about that. So when I first met you in the vice principal brought you to the class like oh this is about to be our new teacher i'm looking at him like all right i don't i can't even read this dude like i don't know if he gonna be cool if he gonna be strict like i don't know as time went on i'm like oh, okay he's cool but i felt like he didn't know me and the type of person i am like if you don't know me if i don't know you i'm gonna easily come at you i don't i don't know if that so i came at him a few times on a few different occasions most of the time it was never because you actually did something, you know? It was just me going through mad different things and mm-hmm. not knowing how to channel school from my outside life. So a lot of the times I came at you for feeling how I felt, which was wrong, but you still stuck by me, you still stuck there. It's one of the things I really appreciate about you and, and I admire about you. This is why when I had the opportunity to invite the first group of students to Media Lab, I would not do that until I spoke with you. I wanted you to be a major part of this because I felt like people needed to hear your story and hear where you were coming from. You were so resilient, you know what I'm saying? So I believed in you, and I still do, and that's why I'm just glad that we were able to move forward, you know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. So when I heard your piece, when I came to the graduation, I was just like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this. You know, I got all emotional and everything, (laughs) and, and I just really appreciated the work that you did. Is there anything else you want to say about this piece? It came from my heart. I'm kind of glad I wrote the piece. I let it out. Not that people didn't know. It felt good inside to let it off. Taylor Ratcliffe, about to graduate, senior, the High School of Commerce. Congratulations. Shout out to you. You got me here. You know? Let's get it. Who would have thought that car ride would be our last goodbye? No matter how many times I replay the story in my mind, it would never be right. Daddy, say something, say something. My voice cracked as I held his head in my lap. Tears soaked my cheeks. He never said a word. Nothing good comes out of sweeter from the cops late at night. It was late March 2010. My dad just had lower back surgery. The thing about my dad is that he always thought about others. 
even when he was in pain. That night we left his house to bring me home and to fill my nephew's prescription. The blinding lights behind us made my father panic. He didn't have his license and he had been speeding. The red and blue flashing lights swirling throughout our car made him drive even faster. I wish we were closer to my house in Holyoke. The approaching police sirens gave me a Russian fear that ran through my body. In an instant, I realized two things. I would not make it home, and this was only going to end tragically. The high-speed chase continued throughout the Forest Park area of Springfield. I screamed and begged, Daddy, stop, you're in pain! His breathing was rapid, choppy, and distant. Not until you're home safe, he muttered. The cops tailgated us into a Forest Park neighborhood living room. I mean, our car was physically in the living room. The officers instantly pulled my father out through his window onto Granada Terrace and beat him repeatedly with their nightsticks. Daddy pleaded, I'm recovering from surgery. I have stitches. Still violently beating him, the male cops barked. You wasn't thinking about your stitches when you were speeding. Pulling at one of the officers' uniforms, I screamed at the top of my lungs. Stop, he's bleeding! They stopped when they saw the blood dripping into the street. Radioing for an ambulance, they fixed their clothes and stood there waiting. They told us around the people to re-enter their homes and said, There's nothing to see, people. It just doesn't make sense to me. I want to know, where was the mercy? How could they murder a little girl's daddy in front of her own eyes? At that point, I was just a screaming 11-year-old holding her bleeding, unresponsive father in her arms. I continued crying out, Daddy, say something. I even went as far as to say, I'm sorry, Daddy, I won't get in trouble in school anymore, I promise. They lifted my dad into the stretcher and hooked him up to the breathing machine, trying to get a heartbeat or response. I already knew that the fearful feeling in my stomach was true. Many see the police as superheroes, but how could they kill my Superman? I want to thank Taylor for inviting us to experience a chapter of her life. And I want to thank everybody at the High School of Commerce. I want to thank the UMass Community Journalism Program. Everybody at New England Public Radio for helping make this podcast a reality. Most importantly, I want to thank all of the young folks who have been working with us and who will be working with us in the future. Check us out on Facebook at NEPR underscore Media Lab. And don't forget to hashtag what story are you telling as you tell your own. Peace. New England Public Radio's Media Lab is made possible through the generous contributions from the Berkshire Bank Foundation, Incorporated, the Community Foundation of Western Massachusetts, the Irene E. and George A. Davis Foundation, Tom and Kit Dennis, Thomas and Marilyn Ewig, the Kitteridge Foundation, Mass Humanities, TD Bank and TD Charitable Foundation, the United Bank Foundation, the Rotary Club, and two anonymous donors. To find more of our work, 
please visit us at nepr.net.